All right, all right, all right. <clears throat> Let's get fired up here. Maximum freedom. Read. Stay on target. Maximum freedom. Stay on target. Maximum freedom. Read Rothbard. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the very next episode of the Actual Anarchy podcast. We're coming at you with actualanarchy.com slash 28. This is the 28th episode. It's going to be about the dark night in honor of Adam West, the Batman actor who recently died at the age of 88. Uh, we're going to have a special guest with us today, but first let's say hello to Robert. How you doing, Robert? Hey, everybody. I'm back doing the thing, talking about stuff on the podcast with my bud. Doing man. Yeah. It's real sad about Adam West. He was a legend. Not the first Batman, but probably the real one that popularized him first. And he just had a really cool attitude about it throughout his entire career. Did all kinds of cool stuff. And uh, he'll be missed. Yeah, kapow, zowie, zap. With his uh, campy uh, 60s style Batman. So uh, we have a special guest, like I was saying, and he comes to us from Adelaide, Australia. We bumped into each other on the Twitter and he said, hey, I want to be a guest. So let's welcome our guest, Shaheen Mohammadi. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, why don't you just introduce yourself to our audience and then maybe throw out your uh, Twitter handle in case anyone wants to follow you on there. All right. Well, I'm a student in Australia. Go to a cancerous SJW university. And well, I always had, I was always in a, a contrarian. I always hated the mainstream. So I studying economics, getting myself concerned with liberty and just eventually became an anchor throughout the study of Hazlitt, Mises, Rothbard, and a few podcasts here or there. Yeah. In the pre-show, you were mentioning that uh, you listen to Tom Woods as well. Oh yeah. Tom Woods, the Stefan Molyneux, yeah. Yeah, very good. Uh, many of our guests have come from the Tom Woods group, so if you're not a member of that already, uh, I highly recommend it. Um, Robert just joined it as well, and I think the um, the lowest uh, price to get in is five dollars a month, and okay, he's got a that's pretty pri- good. Yeah, it's a private Facebook group, and there's about a thousand people, very similar mindset, and it's one of the only reasons I still go on Facebook. Yeah. Because it's otherwise it's uh, SJW Central. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's crazy how clueless everyone really is on Facebook. I see someone like once every a hundred posts, someone puts something political, and it's only half the story, and it's so stupid what they write. It's just just lefty stuff. And like if I want to, I could just go in there and type a twenty-page essay on why they're wrong, why they should be have a more of an and I'll I don't know, explain an ANCAP position. But I'm like, yeah, screw that, can't be stuff. Yeah, you know they that, won't that, hear it. And yeah, you'll just yeah. get vitriol from the left for what? Yeah, I'll be called a sexist, sexist, racist, whatever. And you know that you're exactly right. It would take probably you know ten or twenty times the effort to refute their incorrect uh, statement. But yeah. because it takes so much more effort to refute them, it's like almost impossible to get them to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. We need those bumper stickers. It require them to start uh, grinding their gears. <laughs> Something the left doesn't really do. It's just we feel this, let's do that. If we feel this, let's do that. Yeah. You know, it really grinds my gears. Yeah. The left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and that's actually fitting because that's Peter from Family Guy and Adam West, who played Batman, uh, also played himself in Family right. Guy. Is that right, Robert? That's right. Yeah, he was the mayor as the crazy, insane mayor. He was <laughs> yeah. absolutely brilliant. But the mayor, Adam West, like it was actually him and referred right. to himself as, as Adam West. And uh, he, had, he had a great sense of humor, self-deprecating, right. very funny. Yeah. Uh, so he I was, was going to say dude. this. I just hate Brian so much. Oh, the dog? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's totally an SJW. He's totally yeah. like that intellectual, smug, left yeah. liberal. The, the, the fake intellectual. Oh, we've got so many of them from my high school. We have a bunch of them who act really posh, like, oh. And then they try to, I was explaining to them how minimum wage causes more unemployment and increases the prices of items. He was like, that's, you don't have any detail in your analysis. It's almost <laughs> inaccurate. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Yep, yep, yeah. Uh, what what's your data set? Uh, what experiments did you guys run? Uh, yeah, it's not even it's like, about that. You got to just understand the yeah, theory. Exactly. The logic. And it's like saying I need a scientific analysis to show me that the grass is green. Yeah, right. And sometimes you don't need one. Sometimes you just look at it and it's there. Yeah, but they can't see it. It's it's amazing. And even amazing. even with an analysis, they still wouldn't believe it because there's another fake analysis somewhere that says, "See, Obama created more jobs, even though he decreased." job hours like one 40 hour job became two 20 hour jobs right yep increased jobs <laughs> or or like a third of them were government jobs so those, oh, yeah. those don't really count <laughs> uh, the parasitic yep and and uh one thing i've always wondered is why does somebody who gets a government paycheck then pay taxes aren't mm. they are they just making a bunch of extra work by having to do that why don't you just pay them less yeah. or not at all that, that's a solution don't pay them at all get rid of the job completely yeah, I mean, all they're doing is going around screwing everything up for everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> but that would reduce the bureaucracy, Daniel, and that's one thing government does not do. It's not, no. it's not built that way. It's only built to in- increase the bureaucracy and maintain the bureaucracy. So, it's, It is the board. It's a cancerous board. That's what they are. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, let's yeah. start talking about Batman, uh, and then we can start getting into this movie. So, uh, Shaheen, you had said that you wanted to talk about Batman, the character, just in general before we get going. So. What do you got uh, yeah. in your notes there? Well, uh, Batman is definitely not anti-violent, but he's against violence against innocents. So he will attack people and beat them to, uh, into a bloody pulp if they're already criminals, if they've already initiated violence against people. And he usually captures people who are um, the criminals who, of violent crimes. Like Batman is not going to smash through someone's roof because they didn't pay their taxes. Right. So he doesn't right. address or, a peaceful people like taxation yeah. is. He's there protecting people coming to the aid of others uh, or seeking uh, retribution or a recompense for people who've been wronged. Mm. I mean, for the most part, it depends on who's handling him, who's writing him, because you will see issues of the comic where he'll go after like a drug dealer or whatnot. But then they, you know, the, 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 mm. the writer's always usually pretty careful about no. showing that the, the, he's not just a drug dealer. He's also like a violent oh, yeah. drug uh, dealer. A murderer as well. Yeah. Right, right, right. He's not just a drug dealer. And that's something yeah. that I've, I've always had a problem with. Like, I'm fine with drug dealers, and if someone deals drugs, it's their business, it's a victimless crime. But if they start doing violence, they start having stabbings and killings and threats and everything, then they're a criminal, and not because of the drug, but because of the other act. Right, right. right. With you. Although I would say that government removes the ability for drug dealers and those engaged in, quote-unquote, illegal activity to resolve their disputes in the court system mm. because it's, quote-unquote, unlegal. 
so you can't, so you're kind of refused, you're forced to have some sort of black market solution to your problem solving. And yeah, you're right. They do tend to. And sometimes uh, it's easier just to kill the guy. Right. That's true. It also attracts people that are, you know, quick, quick profits, high risk, Mm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So is it another key, like prime directive of Batman is that he won't kill? Yeah. Yeah. That's something else. I thought I always thought he's anti-gun, but that's a personal choice. He's yeah, but he's not anti-self-defense otherwise, or anti-violence because he wouldn't go train with ninjas for seven years if he didn't want to hurt anyone or defend himself. He wouldn't have a armored tank car with I don't know like missiles attached to it if he wasn't <laughs> yeah, going to attack him. cannons right, on right, it. Right. Yeah, he has yeah. guns. Right. He's got plenty yeah. of. He just doesn't like personal guns because that's how his parents were killed. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that was a traumatic, very traumatic experience. Mm-hmm with a gun being involved. Um, and oh, again, and- it does matter, sorry, but it does matter who's handling Batman at the time, like Zack Snyder or um, oh, yeah. director of Batman 89. Um, Tim uh, Batman, yeah, he will, he'll murder all kinds of people in those, in those things. So I think that's the director and the writer of those things, not necessarily mm-hmm. understanding who Batman is. In the comic books, he's long been known as the guy who won't kill. And yeah, he won't use a gun for personal reasons. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think this movie, Dark Knight, is sort of playing on the um, the Batman who won't cross that barrier of, of committing a, a, a murder. Right. Yeah. Because the Joker makes reference to that quite a bit in, in this film. And I just want to mention for our Patreon supporters to have access to this video, I'm rocking my Batman shirt today. So you can see a video of that with me and with Shaheen talking. We're both on the uh, webcam. Robert's on the phone, so sorry, man. You, your screen turns black. Yeah. When when you're talking, they have to go on Patreon. I mean, you have to see this. I mean, that just makes it worth it. That Batman shirt, <laughs> seeing that Batman shirt. Yeah, it's get on so Patreon, good. guys. <laughs> Thanks for the plug. Thanks for the plug. Yeah, all good. <laughs> so, uh, you got anything else just on Batman the character? Maybe yeah. uh, the Adam West uh, edition of him. Uh, I always thought the Adam West edition was like a, a joking type of Batman. I I really enjoyed the series. I watched the movie that they had and some of the series, but overall, I think it's more of a, a joke series. Because the comics around about that time were, people complained that the comics were too violent, and so it was politically correct to have comics be all jokey, so like, the Joker wouldn't kill anyone. In that, it was, I think it's the Silver Age of comics. In those issues of Batman, the 1966 version, Joker and the gang, they didn't want to kill anyone. It was just like a huge uh, prank or a big game for them. It's only the, the older, really old comics and the newer ones that have become um, increasingly violent. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, is the movie version, is that the one where he's um, flying over the ocean in a helicopter and there's a shark that's like trying to come up? Yeah, and yeah. And you get okay. the bat, uh, and the shark spray. Yeah, the shark repellent. That's right. And he's like surfing, right? He's like uh, on, yeah. his, on his bat surfboard. And then, and then he goes dancing like this. <laughs> and is this also the one I've seen this gif of... Um, Batman With carrying the this big, yeah, the big bomb. Yeah, yeah that was it. <laughs> and he's like, and everywhere he goes. Yeah, there's like, there's like people everywhere there. he goes. <laughs> there's, a there's a guy playing there. a trumpet. There's like a band just walking here. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, mm. they were definitely playing up the camp angle oh, yeah. back then. And he's he's good sport, Adam West. So. Oh, yeah. Cheers to you, Adam West. And uh, shall we move into the, uh, into the movie? You guys yeah. ready for that? Yeah, so Daniel, yeah. why don't you get into... Uh, who made this movie and what, what's the trilogy and then get into the Google description. All right. So this is a, uh, the most recent reboot. Well, I guess not the most recent at this point, but this was a recent modern era reboot. Uh, this started with Batman Begins. 
um, by Christopher Nolan, who's very well known for doing Memento and doing Inception and a few other mind-bending type movies. And he brings his tricks of the trade to the Batman franchise. Uh, again, with Bat- Batman Begins in 2005, The Dark Knight, the movie we're going to talk about today in 2008 with a uh, very, very chilling performance by Heath Ledger um, right before he died. And then it ends the, the trilogy with uh, The Dark Knight Rises, which I actually haven't even seen yet. But that one has Bane. And from what I understand, it had so much to live up to to try to um, follow up this one, The Dark Knight. Because The Dark Knight was really well received. It, it's a really well done movie. It made all sorts of top 10 lists. Um, some people have called it like, you know, one of the top 10 movies ever made. It was one of the first movies across the $1 billion at the box office. Uh, and it's got a lot going on. So I, I hope that we can do it some justice in uh, talking about it today on our show. Um, so uh, I can read the Google stuff if you guys want, unless you got any other points to make at this point, Robert. Do it. All right. Go into the Google. So The Dark Knight 2008, crime film drama, two and a half hours. It has a 94% Rotten Tomatoes, 97% of Google users like it. Mikey likes it from Life Serial. And it says, uh, with the help of allies, Lieutenant Jim Gordon, played by Gary Oldman, and DA Harvey Dent, played by Aaron Eckhart, Batman, Christian Bale, has been able to keep a tight lid on crime in Gotham City. But when a vile young criminal calling himself the Joker, played by Heath Ledger, suddenly throws the town into chaos, the Cape Crusader begins to tread a fine line between heroism and vigilantism. And that's what it says. Can't complain too much about that description. I mean, I can't say too many plot points or anything. So, yeah, hmm. right on. Yeah, I'm amazed I got that much uh, in such a short little statement. But, yeah, it's pretty much uh, pretty much correct. Some of the other shows we've done <laughs> recently, we've read the Google description. It's been so wrong, so so <laughs> comically wrong that we, we get a little laugh out of it. And, and uh, it's kind of become a, a, a trope that we do. Uh, but it didn't work out for us on this one. It kind of backfired. That's yeah. okay. Um, oh, hey, one other thing I wanted to mention is in the last episode we did, uh, we've tried to come up with a um, an overall review, uh, a, a way of reviewing. So, like, you know, some people do thumbs up, thumbs down, three stars, four stars, five stars. Um, Mr. Sunday Movies, who's he's also Australian. Is that right, Robert? Yeah, I've yeah. seen a bit of him. Yeah, so they do best movie ever, worst movie ever. And so we we borrowed that for um, one of our recent shows. But then uh, for Finding Nemo, we're like, well, what if we do our, you know, ANCAP colors, like black and gold? So is it a black movie? Is it a gold movie? As far as like a, a rating, like, so it's sort of like best movie ever would be gold and worst movie ever would be black yeah. or vice you versa. Should do, you should do best movie ever, black and gold. Worst movie ever, black and red. That's nice. I like that. Okay. All right. All right. Let's do that. So at the end of, of our conversation, we'll get an overall impression of the movie and we'll ask you for your review. Best movie ever, black and gold. Worst movie ever, black and red. <laughs> All right. So just setting you up for that. So uh, that was the Google stuff and how we're going to review it. Uh, Robert, do you have a first scene that you want to start talking about? Well, we can just start off at the start. In the very beginning is a bank robbery perpetrated by the Joker and his gang, short-lived gang. and um, Shaheen had a, an interesting point about this. I don't have a whole lot to say in, the, in this opening scene other than he has um, he set it up so that the men are working in pairs as they're robbing the bank. And then they ha- once their portion of the robbery is over, he has one kill the other until it gets down to the point where he's just killing one person. And then he makes off with all the money all by himself. Um, but Shaheen had a, an interesting point. So why don't yeah. you make that one? I thought that this 
like Joker was the leader of his of the Joker Party, as in like the Communist Party. And so the one on top, which is Joker himself, thrives while everyone else on the bottom just suffers. All the workers for his party, the useful idiots, all just suffer while Joker himself just takes the gold. Which is what always happens in communist countries. And I know no. Ancon claim that communist countries isn't true communism, but... I <laughs> had that so many times. Like Venezuela yeah. stopped being communist when, um, when it started failing. That's how it happened. <laughs> right. So, Daniel, do you have anything to say on that or should we move on? Daniel? I do, I do. I, I muted myself for a moment there. Uh, my point with this scene where they're all killing each other off was that uh, a point you've made many times with politicians is that you know that they're liars, so you can't trust them. So these these guys are already doing a criminal act, and there's really no honor among thieves, so they shouldn't be surprised when something like this happens, right? Right, yeah, you're, you're, you're going into it knowing that you're dealing with people who are used to killing and using violence to solve problems and threatening people with weapons, so why would you be surprised when they turn on you or use violence against you? It's mm. kind of silly. Right. And it reminds me of that uh, scenario that our, our mutual friend likes to make, like somebody has a gun to your, to your head or your wife's head or something, and uh, they offer you this choice or something. So you, you tell it because you do it better than I, than I'm recalling it. <laughs> well, I'll give the brief, brief version of that story. Cause yeah, that was, that came out of a long conversation, but um Basically, his argument was, you don't have a choice. You need to negotiate with somebody who is broken into your home and is threatening the life of your family because the person is like, well, if you cooperate, I won't kill anybody. Or if you cooperate, I'll only kill one of you instead of the whole family. Well, you're already dealing with somebody who is using violence and is threatening you. And you have no reason to believe that these also just happens to be an honest, trustworthy individual. <laughs> Why would you, someone <laughs> breaks into your home and then you go, well, he'd break into my home, but he wouldn't lie to me. <laughs> I mean, that's just ridiculous. So, so um, yeah, at that point, the argument, my argument was you have to fight. You've got to fight this guy. Yeah, and shoot him. My, our friend's argument was, well, no, you got to negotiate and just hope that he honors whatever bargain you strike with him, which is just... Uh, fanciful and some sort of utopian belief. I, I, I don't even understand it. Something I can add, it will be a lot harder to fight him if you have your gun locked up in a safe and the bullets in another safe. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Robert, wasn't this, this whole um, discussion, now, now it's coming back to me, wasn't it based on uh, his aversion for guns? So he, yeah. he was basically saying he didn't want to have a gun. Uh, and you were saying, well, what if somebody broke in your house? You'd want to be able to defend yourself. He's like, no, no, I'd want to negotiate with them and, 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 and call the cops whatever and that's why we have cops and but, cops but what are... if it's the cops who are in your house <laughs> right yeah well then, then it's game over man whether you got a gun or not <laughs> no i guess i guess what teams to come hopefully then you can get batman to come take him down <laughs> yeah that's right like he does in this movie yeah exactly that was, right, so that was probably my favorite oh, scene we'll, we'll get on to that one later yep okay so um Right after that, there's a short little scene where we get introduced to the police department. And I don't want to make a big deal out of it, but there's a kind of a cute little scene where, or a shot where there's um, a, one cop talks to another cop and like, how's the investigation going? Because they're trying to find out who Batman is. And they show a quick shot of the list of suspects, which are just pictures. And there's one of Liberace, one of Abraham Lincoln, and one of Bigfoot. And... <laughs> I don't know if that's like an incompetent police argument or just how good and sneaky Batman is, but yeah, definitely it was just kind of a police. Yeah. Uh, incompetent police is a running thing, running trope through all superhero movies. It's incompetent government and police. Oh, that's a right. good point. Yeah. Which is actually, yeah. 
Otherwise, you wouldn't need the superhero, right? Yeah, right. exactly. So the next Speaking scene. Of, yeah. Oh, go ahead. You got something no. to say. Speaking from that scene, that introduces us to Harvey Dent. Oh, yeah. Who is the new district attorney and tries to put thugs away. He's good intention, but he's part of the government. So you don't know if his system will work or not, especially with what happens to him later as well. Mm-hmm. And how easily it's possible for everything that he's doing to be undone. Yeah, that's like the entire plot of the movie is yeah, how... That's the ending if, part. He, yeah, at one point he arrests like over 400 mobsters. And yeah. if anything were to be found out about him personally... Yeah, th- they would all be released. It just has the, the flaws of the justice system. And that's why Batman right. takes the fall at the end. Exactly. But we are getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, so um, the next scene is like a drug deal that's going down. And we get introduced to a couple of players that are going to be in the movie. And then we are also get introduced to some of these fake Batman. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there's, there's the, this kind of the an interesting... Yes, there's an interesting uh, argument that happens between like these Chechen guys or whatever they happen to be and the Scarecrow. And um, the Chechens are upset about the drugs that they purchased from the scarecrow and they he brought like one of his customers to this drug deal and he's like look at look at what your drugs did to my customers and the scarecrow is like whatever man buyer beware i told you my drugs would take you places i never said they would be places you would want to go and the russian or guess session whatever russian guy is like these are repeat customers so i I think it's cute that you know at least you realize that he's you know a small business owner essentially and he's got customers he needs to satisfy and he's dealing with a supplier and the product wasn't so good, so he's come to complain, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Scarecrow is like, hey, you, the responsibility is on you to purchase product that you know your customers are going to enjoy or not. And, um, and we don't get to find out if you know, there was any fraud involved on the Scarecrow's part. Mm-hmm. Probably assume there probably was, but we don't know. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, I would assume that the Scarecrow wasn't uh, transparent in what he was selling. Yeah, probably not. Because, uh, yeah, in the previous movie, um, there's a big... Yeah, Scarecrow was the main villain attack. there. Yeah, yeah, and he gasses. His whole plan is to gas everybody in Gotham City with yeah. some not, beer toxins. Not Nazi style, but different kind of gas. <laughs> right, right. Um, and, then, and then Batman just stumbles onto the scene. He comes firing on... Um, well, first the, big, the fake Batman attack. And they're, yeah. like, dressed up in, like, hockey pads and, like, uh, shotguns and stuff. Yeah. But then the, the tumbler comes crashing in. And this is like a very property damage Batman because he like oh, yeah. runs over these cars that are parked. And then there's, um, there's an automatic missile firing that yeah. says it's set to intimidate. So it shoots some missiles and blows up some more property. Mm. Uh, did either of you have an issue with that? Because, yeah, that didn't seem like it was oh, necessary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it violates the, yeah, the, the people there, the people who started shooting at his at his property, the, the Tumblr. Yeah, I think this Batman is, is violating a lot of people's private property for sure. And yeah. for, for a guy who they make a big point about him not um, being willing to take a life, not killing or murdering, uh, I think that he is very uh, haphazard with his use of weapons <laughs> uh, when it comes to making his way through parking garages and streets. Uh, I can only imagine if, you know, of course it's a movie, it's not real, but if somebody were to have done this in real life, you would have killed a bunch of people just blowing all these cars up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And another issue I had with that scene was when he ties up, like when the scene's all over, he ties up the scarecrow, which I'm fine with. But then he ties up the other Batman guys and mm-hmm. they're like, 
what gives you the right? What's the difference between you and me? And he says, well, I'm not wearing hockey pads. That's fine, whatever, but that doesn't give you the right to tie them up as if they'd done something wrong. Um, now, in my opinion, they were the, I think they're the ones that initiated it. Are the Batman? They're the, the ones, ones that started, started shooting, shooting. Yeah. Okay. Well, then maybe I'm wrong. If they're the ones that started shooting first, then yeah, they're going to and, and the Batman are released afterwards anyway. Oh, okay. Aren't they? Because then the Joker kills one of them. Yeah, tortures him. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. But, you know, I wonder if, if the if it is because those those copy bats were initiating violence against these peaceful drug dealers because they were just minding their own business doing a drug deal, right? Or or having a customer complaint situation. And then all of a sudden some dude wearing hockey pads starts shooting at them. Hmm. So maybe Batman was correct in that, you know, these guys were being vigilantes, but that's not the problem. The problem is they were initiating the violence. Mm-hmm. Could be. Uh, another thing that we, we could say is that Scarecrow should have been taken down. I mean, for the other crimes that they were doing, because the, the, um, the Russian guy, I think, I forgot his name, wasn't he a mobster as well? Yeah. You know, well, Scarecrow did all the bad, bad things in Batman Begins. Right. He, he doesn't just get a get-out-of-jail-free card. I mean, maybe they were doing the right thing by trying to get these two. Right, yeah, the, the, the artificial, the fake Batman guys, they could have been, yeah, trying to capture them for some previous deed that we aren't seen or, or from the previous movie, absolutely. Yeah, you know, that, that is a question I have, is that there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of continuity between Batman Begins and, and Dark Knight. Like, whatever happened to Ra's al Ghul and all of that storyline? Uh, that, that comes back in Dark Knight Rises. Oh, okay. The whole so, League of Assassins. All right, I'm skipping... I haven't gotten there yet, so I missed it. Okay. I'll cut this part out then so I don't sound yeah. so stupid. Like, you know, Bane? Bane's actually a member of the League of Assassins in Dark Knight Rises. Oh, okay. Oh. Does that make it any better for you, Robert? Did you like that movie, the new one? I remember not hating it when I first saw it and then liking it less when I saw it the second time, but I haven't seen it in so long that I would have to watch it. I remember there being quite a few weird things that I didn't necessarily like, especially having to do with that prison that he gets put in, but... You know, whatever. I'll have to rewatch it. All right. Well, maybe that's one we can do at some point in the future if, if, if you think it's worth doing again. Could be. I'll be glad to come back on for that. Sweet. Uh, he's already in, folks. He's already agreed to come back. I don't like yeah. just, yeah, just I know. need to sign the contract now. Do all, <laughs> all, all Batman movies. Verbal contract. Binding. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So let's go on to uh, the next scene where... They're going into the Batman office, which is hiding beneath a shipping container. And um, I don't know if you know this, Shaheen, but this is a shipping container behind me. I'm, okay. I'm contained within one. Huh. Very nice. There is no bat layer underneath, though. Oh, that's disappointing. I know, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but in every other respect, you're just like Batman. Well, I am wearing the emblem. And, you know, my daughter, she loves Batman. And... It's mostly because of this dress she had that had uh, a Batman logo on it, but in like this hot pink and a tutu on it and all this stuff. So, and sparkles. And so now whenever she sees that color, that really hot pink, she calls it Batman pink. <laughs> so, so now, you know, that's, she's going to say that like, you know, on her first date, like, oh, that's Batman pink. Some oh, wow. boy, when she's like 16, he's going to be like, what? This <laughs> is crazy, uh, and cap girl. Who uh, <laughs> doesn't know colors? <laughs> well, the only colors she really needs to know is just the black and yellow combination. That's right. And actually, that um, I was telling you before the show that, that I have a new mic coming, and it's the black and gold or black and yellow. And my yeah. daughter, I showed it to her, and she was like, she approved. She gave me the thumbs up on it. Uh, very good. So she's a fan. She'll fly the black and gold. 
Have you started indoctrinating her yet? Or <laughs> at starting teaching her economics at age three? Uh, we do, yeah. We're, we talk non-aggression principle. She, we have two daughters now. So there's a big, like, you can't hit this one. She can't hit you. Uh, in our last episode, um, she's tried to figure out how to get around the NAP. So she'll say, uh, hey, hit me to the little one. And then when the yeah. little one hits her, then she hits her back and is like, all right, now I can hit her. Um, but we've had to tell her, no, if you invite the, uh, the aggression. The or you, you can't hit back. Unless you agree to a jewel. Right, yeah, yeah, but it's not like the the two year old is really able to to yeah. comprehend the decision or or give consent. I think there's a sliding scale there. I don't know why? <laughs> yeah, it's not like they're uh, uh, doing an MMA fight. <laughs> oh, yeah, yet I am. And what's it called? An octoring? Uh, octagon. Octagon. Yeah. Yeah. Get one of them. Like instead of a crib, you get a small one of them. Just have a fight in there. <laughs> you know, I did just readjust all the gates in the house. Because we used to have it around the fireplace, and now because it's summertime here, we don't have to uh, have that up. So now I have all these extra sections. I could make an octagon and put the kids in there and say, fight. <laughs> put it on YouTube, and you will be banned, or CPS called on you. Right, but I would probably still get a million hits before that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so down in the bat layer, uh, Morgan Freeman character, who, by the way, I'm a big fan of Morgan Freeman. Um, he's a guy who he's been in movies forever and he never seems to age to me. He always seems like he's been this kind of crusty old dude with that soothing voice. Um, but he, he seems very, um, almost libertarian in his interviews in a lot of ways. Like he, he was Mm -hmm. talking about, um, he's asked a question by someone on CNN, ISIS channel. Uh, what he thought of black history month. Just just call it history month. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, you know, what's your what's your heritage? You know, do you want a month named after you? I don't. You know, and how mm-hmm. do you deal with racism? Well, you you stop bringing it up every ten seconds. You know, you stop yeah. making a big <laughs> deal out of it. That was really good. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. I haven't seen that. Okay, yeah. I'll make sure to put it in the in the show notes so you can you can catch it. But he says uh, a lot of good stuff like that, um, and it it's it's really cool because we do movies on the show, and uh, we we're so used to left leaning Hollywood actors telling us who oh, to vote yeah. for. Uh, and that guns are bad and you know yeah meanwhile they use them in every movie they use and they right right uh, but who was but, the who, who was the actor that said something i think it was gene simmons not an actor singer he said hollywood's you know, actors and singers celebrities just need to shut up and act so talking about politics i agree um, with that uh, yeah. that's a really good statement yeah uh the point i was trying to make before uh before you mentioned that was that um when we run into someone who has some libertarian leanings, uh, like with our Tombstone episode, Kurt Russell has said mm-hmm. some very uh, libertarian things over the years. Um, another one is Vince Vaughn. He's oh, very yeah, good. Vince Vaughn, definitely. Didn't uh, he speak at a Ron Paul rally or something? I believe that's correct, yeah. That's and then uh, Clint Eastwood is actually oh, rather yeah. libertarian-leaning. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think, know. who's another one? Uh, Tim Allen, maybe? And his is, that just voice of, is that the guy that, yeah, that's right, ABC canceled him. Doesn't yep. he voice Buzz Lightyear? Yep, sounds right, yep. Yeah, that's, right. yeah. that's really good. Yeah, it's, it's almost dangerous to be a libertarian in uh, SJW Hollywood. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it's bad for your career. Mm. But those celebrities, they don't even need Hollywood right now. They could just start their own thing, you know, start their own project. But, you know, I think Hollywood has a minimum wage of $800 a day. Just the extras. Yeah, that's why movies are so expensive. Yeah, but you bring up a good point because they could almost go out on their own. I mean, now that people have direct access mm-hmm. into publishing their own content, uh, if you've got a name or a following or a, 
particular skill, a particular set of skills. Yeah. I'll find you, I'll hunt you, I'll kill you. No, wait, that's taken. Uh, but yeah, to your point, capitalism has created this opportunity that they could take advantage of. So the old, the old methods are dying. You know, like the old newsprint media and even cable oh, yeah. cable news and, and yeah. the Hollywood. It's all, it's all alternative media now. Yeah, and the, we're um, kind of a part of that. Infowars right now, yeah. Yeah, so we're not turning the frog scale. So we, yeah. we've been influenced by uh, Alex Jones a little bit in the past. Uh, a little less so now. He he's. Uh, I think he, he like Infowars and Stefan Molyneux, they were the ones that introduced me to libertarianism as a whole, which is why, like, I, I think that their views, especially on the whole Trump thing, like it's worth listening to. Like with the left wingers, you don't even listen to what they have to say, like the Hillary supporters. But at least with the Trump supporters, you can kind of understand, even if you don't agree with it. I mean, these are the same people who fought so much for liberty. Maybe what they're saying right now, you could consider it or just think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't really automatically just, just discount what they're saying. Uh, I And we did have a certain amount of uh, satisfaction with Hillary losing. I, I will admit no. that. But I didn't Everyone vote did. myself, and I wouldn't. But mm. uh, yeah, I was I was kind of rooting for the guy. Mm. Yeah, we all we all wanted Hillary to lose. <laughs> and with, with Hillary, you knew for sure that she would fuck everything up, continue the debt, continue more refugee crisis, continue bombing Syria and attack other countries, like she did with Libya. And well, with Trump, at least he's not so much on that boat. Well, he's kind of more on that now. But yeah, Tom Woods makes a, a quote: "No matter who who you vote for, you always get John McCain." <laughs> uh, perfect example why we need why you guys need um what term limits John McCain oh uh, yeah uh, decades now yeah. he calls Rand Paul a Russian agent uh, that's just <laughs> so stupid an agent of Vladimir Putin <laughs> yeah so let's wind back to the movie real quick uh, so the aside there was was because Morgan Freeman is is has said some really cool stuff in some interviews and he plays the um, what's his name in this um, Lucius Fox Lucius Fox. So he's he's now the CEO of the company Wayne Wayne, Wayne Enterprises, but he's also secretly developing uh, mm. items and products for Batman to go out. And uh, th- there was a cool moment here where they're talking about um, the new armor that he has because mm. the old armor was heavy and clunky, and he couldn't fight very well and couldn't move very well in it. And it just mm. made me think of um, innovation, innovation, and entrepreneurs, and constantly improving mm. and, and finding uh, where your limits are and then trying to work around them to, to make it even uh, a more effective and more efficient uh, operation. So yeah. I think that was a good kind of lesson that, you know, he's taking on this entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial risk. He's always looking for a way to make something better. Mm-hmm. It's not like he, he developed something, got a patent and then sits on his ass for 40 years until it runs out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because once you got a patent, you don't have to develop it any further. Right. Yeah. Yes. That's the Thomas Edison route. Yep. So uh, what do we do after this? We um, no, I, wasn't there a scene where they talked about public servants and how one of yeah. them was a um, someone that didn't in Rome and never gave up their power. Um, yeah, was this at the dinner? He, yeah, this uh, was the yeah. dinner. Uh, right before that, though, right before the dinner, there's a scene in the courtroom with Rachel oh, yeah. and Dent, and he's like trying a mobster, um, the main mobster guy, Salvatore uh, Maroni. Hmm. And um, the guy on the stand pulls out a gun and goes to shoot Dent, but it jams and Dent grabs it and punches him. And then there's this line, he says, yeah, carbon fiber made in China. If you want to kill a public official, I recommend you buy American. And yeah, it's like, I don't know why this is 
a, still a thing, but there's still a, very much a like a patriotic sense of duty that we do things really well and we're really good at things and other people are not as good and only junk comes from other places. And oh, yeah. The whole nationalist, uh, protectionist thing. Right. Yeah, that scene stuck out to me as well. I, I put it in my notes like a public servant question mark, like what are you doing that's actually positive and good? And then it says by American, which is gross. And it reminded me of uh, when we did War Dogs, when they made that first arms deal and they were trying to sell them. He wanted Berettas or something from Italy, and he offered in its place because because of some embargo that was put in place. Uh, they offered some Brazilian guns, and the guy was like, I don't want that Brazilian garbage. <laughs> I want these Berettas. They better be here, like, tomorrow. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so- and then after that, so there goes that um, – there's the restaurant scene um, where they're kind of debating – debating whether or not, you know, the, the, the benefits of the Batman and whether or not they need a vigilante. At one point, someone says, Gotham City, I think it was like the Russian date that Bruce Wayne has. It's like, Gotham mm-hmm. City needs heroes like you, elected officials, not some oh, yeah. mass vigilante. And the yeah. idea that elected officials are heroes is yeah. so gross. <laughs> I mean, she should know. I mean, she's from Russia, so ex-Soviet Union. Yeah, she should Haven't know. have the... enough heroes already? Politicians are parasites. Uh, yeah, and, and right before that. At best. At best, parasite. <laughs> That's a, a giving parasites a bad name. Yeah. Yeah, and, and right before this, uh, when when he's walking into the restaurant, he said, uh, "I've been trying to get a reservation at this place for weeks. I even told him I work for the government, as if that's like supposed to get him in, right?" Oh yeah. That that was really annoying. But yeah, that he's ballerina important. was <laughs> that ballerina was a total bootlicker. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's it's gross that you're like, hey man, I work for the government. You need to get me a seat here. Yeah, oh, but yeah. Um, then uh, was it Rachel who was saying something about uh, citizens standing up for what was right? And Harvey Dent seemed okay with that. He seemed kind of cool with that. Mm. Yeah, in the beginning, Dent is very much uh, proud of, I think he says something like, yeah, what Batman represents is one man's willingness to stand up and say no and fight back against crime and that sort of thing. Right, but then he goes on to say that he might need to suspend democracy just temporarily while the crisis is happening. And that's when this, um, maybe it was Cicero or Caesar, it was brought up by Dawes and said, you know, once he took that power, he suspended democracy. Uh, he didn't give it back. Yeah, he held on to power forever. Yeah. Oh, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up right before the restaurant scene, um, Lucius Fox was talking about a business deal with the Chinese, with Lao. Mm-hmm. And uh, the numbers were a little bit fishy to the accountant guy. And uh, Lucius was talking to Bruce Wayne and was like, Lau is doing a little bit too well. Like he's done 8% profit for the last 10 years. He's probably doing something illegal. Mm. Like the, it, it just stood out to me as kind of weird because just because somebody does well, you're going to assume it's illegal. <laughs> I mean, no, maybe yeah. in Australia, like you were telling us pre-show, it's like so no, hard to yeah. open a business there. But it just seems like a ridiculous assumption to, to jump to that conclusion if somebody's done well for for a few years in a row. I mean, it turned out he's, he's correct. I mean, yeah, Lau's dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but it's also true, though, that, um, you know, a lot of hedge fund managers, like Madoff, when he's got a Ponzi scheme going, he'll, like, re- he'll like guarantee, like, 15% or 20% returns every year, and that's kind of how you know it's a Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's, it's impossible to do 8% annually, but that is one of the things that are kind of, like, telltale signs, if it's just, like, like clockwork, a certain percentage every year. Yeah. But, you know, speaking of profits, I mean, 8% isn't that great, you know, and uh, there was an article I posted the other day about they're talking about doing a, a sales tax on all Internet purchases based on oh, no. where it's shipping to. 
in right. the state that we live in. And so I ranted about that. So uh, if you want to take a look at that, you can kind of get a flavor of what uh, the, the low bar that's set for what gets published here. Um, <laughs> but uh, there, there was a portion of it where... Just wait till I start writing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Bring it down to a new level. Uh, but we'll add a whole new continent where we've got uh, people from the U.S. And, and North America. We've got uh, a guy in India who writes for us. So we'd be happy to add Australia. It'd be great. All right. All good. Uh, but one of the uh, things I, I cited in there was, uh, are you familiar with Simon Black? He does The Sovereign Man. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a newsletter like on this liberty type stuff. But he mentioned that um, the Fed reports that something like 80% of, of all businesses in this country, in the United States, are small businesses. And then in another statistic, apparently something like only 60 or 70% of all businesses are even profitable. Robert, you can mm-hmm. correct me on this. I don't re- recall exactly. But, but essentially the point is most businesses, especially the small ones, are not profitable. Like they're doing work, but they're not making any money. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to turn right. a buck. It is. It's true. Even harder with government bureaucracy and regulations mm. and all that crap. Yeah. Now, I think that there might be some, some statistical anomalies in this because there's an advantage to claiming that you're not making any money because then you don't have to pay taxes. So there's many businesses that will run to a They'll be like, all right, let's make sure that our, you know, we, we spend as much as we can in reinvestment or whatever it is so that we can make our profit number as low as possible. Which right. is like mm. kind of an absurd way to approach things, right? Like that's a total fucking distortion. Like you should be happy with having profits and you should be able to enjoy that reward rather than having to come up with some bullshit reason to, to spend it on something else. It's so fucked up. Anyway. Yeah, gov- it's another thing way, yeah, government distorts the market. Yep. And, and, and I've thrown some swears in here for you, Robert, because I, when I wrote that article, Robert commented, he's like, hey, there's no swearing in this. It really needs it. <laughs> well, it was a rant, and as far as I'm aware of, it's not a, a real rant unless you throw some bombs in there. So, <laughs> anyway, let's get back to this movie here. Um, I don't. The next thing I have is if you're good at something, never do it for free. Said by the Joker. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I've got some right before that. Uh, go for because it. Because it's it's those guys who are in that meeting, and Lau is on the TV, and he's making an yeah. offer to them. And, and he's already taken their money to protect it without their permission. Right. And mm-hmm. it's because the Joker is, is busting into all these banks and, and stealing their money. And it's all part of his elaborate plan, even though he claims to not have plans or make plans. Actually, uh, Daniel, no. It was, uh, it was, they had an informer inside the police department because the police oh. department's like really corrupt. And the, oh, they, right, right. Knew, they knew that Gordon was going to come down and raid all those mob banks that day. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, and then they show Gordon in in one of the bank vaults and is like empty or whatever. That's raging, right? Except thing. for the radiated belt. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Got it. Something else from that meeting. They they say the mob meet, meets during the day, and the reason is Batman, not the government yeah. or the police. Like the reason, like Batman, is the thing that's stopping them. Like just yeah, more more of a right incompetent of. incompetent uh, police sort of trope. Yeah, yeah, or or a bought off police, or absolutely for sure. Mm. All right, so now we get in the Joker because the Joker busts in and makes his offer. Yeah, so he says that Lau's a squealer, and he's saying that, yeah, Joker, Batman's just going to catch him and make him squeal because Batman has no jurisdiction. So he offers to kill the Batman for half of the money that they had. And a quick point about Lau being this mob money launderer guy. Um, mm-hmm. What money launderer have you ever heard of? Where they just dump all this money in one giant pile and put it in a shipping container, and uh, 
when the whole point of money laundering is to clean it and make it not traceable to being illegal. So it shouldn't be in any one place, even mm -hmm. any number of like four or five different bank places. It should be spread out among everywhere, all over the place and totally clean. So he's like just the worst money launderer. Just that's, I know it's 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 a it's a plot point that they had to have for the movie, but it, it kind of bugged me. Yeah, and beyond that, he's he's running a successful business out of Hong Kong. I don't understand like why he's doing this really half-assed job at doing the the mob's money. Uh, and didn't Breaking Bad didn't uh, Walter White run into this problem where he just had like too much money to even be able to to launder enough of it through his police or sorry his um, car wash business. <laughs> Yeah, his car wash business, that's right. Yeah, he was being so successful. I mean, maybe that's the, what they're saying, is that the mob is just so, they have money just hand over fist, and it's just waiting to be laundered, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But it's possible. And, and the Joker's offer, I, I I know it's meant to be shocking, you know, like, I want half of the money, and, and the guys don't want to do it. Uh, but doesn't he make the point, like, well, half is better than nothing? Like, you know, mm -hmm. keeping half your money or losing all of it. And that and, sort of reminds me of the minimum wage, right? Like, you can... Institute minimum wage, but a bunch of people are going to lose their jobs. Um, it's actually much better if people are able to have jobs and, and employers are able to get wage. yeah get things done that, that need to be done and that people can get experience and uh, work their way up. And it's better than having no job at all, no skills, no no uh, no rungs on that ladder to climb up. And at the same time, I think the criminals are just really shitty at um, predicting the future of their market because let's say they lose half their money to the Joker to kill Batman, wouldn't that just open up so much more, so many, uh, so much more opportunities for them to make yeah. more money? Yeah, yeah, they're making a certain amount of money with Batman interfering, right? Mm -hmm. And so now the deal is, all right, half of what we've made in a hampered market uh, to get rid of the thing hampering it. Well, then, yeah, they would just go balls to the wall after that, wouldn't they? Mm -hmm. They'd make loads yeah, of money after season. that, right? Yeah. I mean, unless, if, he's, unless, if he's really that big of a hamper on their business, for sure, yeah. Yeah, and it's not like the Joker was, was taking a cut of their future business, like in uh, Tombstone, where they got 25% of the table. Uh, this would be a 50% of what they've got right now. And then, yeah, then it'd be open season after that. They'd be doing great. They'd be living life, loving it, making all the monies. Yeah. That's right. So, who's got something next? I've got... Um, the China thing. What's that? The whole, yeah, the whole scene in, the, in, in Hong Kong. when they. Oh, wait, before that, there was the... Uh, the scene where Bruce Wayne takes the Russian ballet team on a cruise. This one to add oh, that yeah. that makes him a Russian agent hacking democracy and working for Putin. <laughs> <laughs> it was Batman, everyone. <laughs> yeah. CNN's going to run with this. That's great. Rachel Maddow's going to have an exclusive. Oh, yeah. yeah, she's terrible. Yeah, mad cow. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was, it was kind of a, a, a weird thing to have. Lucius Fox go all the way to Hong Kong to do this face-to-face -face meeting to tell them they're going to kill the deal because of the accusations. And it's bizarre that just accusing somebody of something or, or having suspicion of them in a, a, a law enforcement uh, mm. scenario would be enough to kill a business deal. Like that's just a, a, it has a chilling effect, even though mm. they're purported to be innocent until proven guilty, right? But something else yeah. that they said, uh, like Lucius Fox says, we can't afford to be seen doing business with whatever it is you're, you've been accused of being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, rep reputation. Yeah. yeah. And the whole point of going there wasn't for, for the business deal. It was so they have an excuse to be there so that Batman can kidnap Lao. Right. right, right. Which is a good question. Like, is Batman violating Lao's private property, breaking into his building to extract him? <sighs> yeah, it's 
a tough question. Because um, Lau hasn't aggressed against Batman yet. Lau definitely hasn't aggressed against Batman himself. But he has um, aggressed against other people, though. Yeah, I mean, Lau's mm-hmm. working in stolen money, right? Hmm. Or at least dirty money. I mean, what we're going to call dirty money. We, we, we don't know. Because we can't say if, if any of these, this, how much of this mob money is legitimate. Right. I mean, if it's like all drug deals, then I would say it's legitimate. But if it's or, or prostitution still, money uh, or gambling money, no, that's fine. But if right. it's robberies or whatever, but most mob money is what I would call perfectly fine. Right. Yeah. Drugs, prostitution, rock and roll. But would, yeah. would this be a good uh, explanation for that? The mob, even if some of their money is you know, legit or through non nonviolent ways, the mob itself is inherently violent and they kill a lot like on the sides as well. True. And it's, since it's their money that Lau took, and they need Lau to testify to get them all blocked up, um, and Lau himself is a corrupt person as well, wouldn't that just justify the whole thing? Does it justify it for you, are you thinking? Uh, yeah, I think it would. Okay. Yeah, I have a, I have a yeah. tough, tough time with it because it, it feels like a slippery slope. I mean, everyone in the world has aggressed against somebody at some point in their life. Mm. And so... Are we going to use that as as justification for anyone to do anything to anyone? Uh, is you know retribution? It's, it's, yeah, it seems like a, there's a sliding scale there. Maybe it could do, it yeah. could be on um, the extent that the aggression was, how harsh it was, whether someone was physically actually hurt badly or killed or. See, I look at it uh, as Batman was acting as an unwarranted agent of the police, like. He knew that Gordon needed this guy back in the United States to stand trial or to testify so that they could pursue their case against the mob bosses. And so yes. Batman is, is basically the SWAT team. Right. He mm. is the jurisdictionless cop chasing mm-hmm. after this guy yeah, across borders. So I, I kind of had a problem with that. All right. I mean, you kind of have to have right. <laughs> you kind of have to have a movie. <laughs> so yeah. You got to get loud back. Something else from that scene was that the Chinese won't give one of their own and how Lao has hired the police. Is why mm-hmm. am I, what am I paying them for? Just to show mm-hmm. how corruptible they are and how government right. would stand in the way of or nationalism and a corrupt police stands in the way of uh, real justice. Right, and that's always the leftist argument like that, that uh, we pay taxes to have things like my roads and my police and my fire right. department. So in a, in a way, you know, we're all paying for the police, right? So we could all make the mm-hmm. same uh, argument. What the hell am I paying them for? Well, I'll say it. What the hell am I paying them for? I don't want to. <laughs> True story, buddy. So regardless of how everybody feels, we do need to move on. So Batman does bring um, Lau back to Gotham, leaves him on via, the desk. Via the skyhook, yep. which is the baller. That was awesome, by the way. You like uh, that? That's that pretty hot. Yeah, that was it was, it was pretty gangster. <laughs> It's like, I'm out. Um, then Harvey Dent puts away what, 500 mobsters. Yeah, that's that, right. The Rico yeah, thing. He, yeah, mm-hmm. under the Rico law, it's 549 mobsters. Um, and there's like a scene where there's all these people. Um, the next thing, does anybody have anything before the uh, dinner? The dinner scene where the Joker comes shows up? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay, <clears throat> go for it. So it's related to the Rico because they're using a... Um, you know, a contrivance of law to go after all of these people based on one felony because they were all uh, working together in some way or, or part of the same business deal. And it seems like that's a bit shady to me. Like there's no way that all of those people had the same uh, amount of uh, collusion in the effort. Uh, right. So it was a way to stick them all with something on a technicality 
which seems kind of bullshitty. And then right, like you, you charge one guy in this group with one crime, and then you say, well, these other guys are also in the same group, so we're going to charge them all the same thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so I, I, I have a bit of a problem with like, that. What about the new guy? <laughs> like, what about the new guy who just joined you yesterday? He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> what about the janitor who just cleans the toilet? What did he do? <laughs> right. Right. Not yeah. clean properly? Was, was that a hazard to someone, and they they, they died because of that? Yeah, that, that's that's the clerk's argument uh, with the the, the uh, construction crews on the rebuilt Death Star. They got blown up when uh, got when blown it, up. Yeah, when it got blown up for the second time. But right. uh, uh, another thing that they mentioned is they can't trust the county jail because it's so mm-hmm. corrupt and they'll get murdered or get released or something will happen. And then they say even with um, with these arrests, you're only going to get about 18 months of clean street. And the point I want to make with that is it's it, exactly right. Like even if there was a, a story in San Diego a couple of years ago where they did this massive coordinated drug bust effort, getting all the heroin dealers in town, all 25 of them, all 30 of them, whatever. And they were like, oh, you know, we, we confiscated all this heroin. We shut down their operations. Uh, we did such a great, amazing thing. And then and, until the next ones come, there's a, yeah. there's a clean market now. Yeah, for a couple of weeks, yeah, you couldn't buy heroin anywhere. But a few weeks later, now just as much heroin was getting distributed and sold only this time they didn't know who was doing it. So they lost mm. all of their, uh, the leads. all their leads, you know, all their ability but, but, to, but that's a good thing. It was yes. a little lead. Yeah. 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 It is a good thing from our perspective, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, the point is, you know, even if you wiped out all the criminals, as long as you have the conditions of making something illegal, that shouldn't be illegal. Uh, it, it's just going to, it's going to create a vacuum. That's just going to get refilled again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Oh, and then uh, he makes the point that uh, people are going to be fighting Harvey Dent. Anyone whose wallet is about to get lighter, politicians, criminals, journalists, they're all going to come after him. Oh, yeah. That, ha- that happens in real life. We- we've seen that happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because they're all in on it. Yeah, you're um, with people's livelihoods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's move on to the to the next thing. So this is where the Joker is is trying to get Batman to unmask himself. So he's capturing the copycats, the copy bats, and killing mm-hmm. them. Uh, until Batman will reveal himself. Right. Mm-hmm. And are you, are you questioning whether Batman has any kind of obligation? Because it seems like clearly not. Yeah, I am, though, because the Joker is trying to use it as leverage against Batman. And in, in a way, uh, the argument is that if Batman doesn't unmask, which seems to be a trivial thing to most people, because he's like broadcasting this, right, on television or something, um, that uh, it's it's unmask yourself or these people are going to die. So the public opinion would sway with, well, just unmask yourself, dude, because you're dealing with somebody who's about to get killed here. Right. But clearly Batman is not the moral actor in that, in that scenario. That is the, the moral actor is, is the Joker who's putting a gun to somebody's head to force somebody else's yeah, hand. Definitely. Yeah, that, it's like later on like, in the movie. And that's the that, big that's like, at the very end. That's like saying but, like putting a gun to someone's head and saying, I'll kill this person if you don't go kill that other person, like forcing someone to kill someone. And if they don't do it, you kill someone else. Like the whole, the whole point of the Joker is forcing Batman to unmask himself. I mean, Batman has a right to, um, to hide himself, to not reveal himself like a, like a small freedom for himself. And it's Joker who's putting the other people in danger. They, uh, as the moral act, there would be, the fault would be just on Joker. Right. I can see how people would, he'd be using that to turn a, people against Batman, but I mean, the, mm-hmm. you don't got to worry about morons. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> if 
they can't see who the moral actor is in that scenario, then who cares? Yeah, I wouldn't put it past most people to, to miss that, though. <laughs> oh, I, I agree. I agree. But it, you have to have a thick skin and just go, you're wrong. All right. So now let's get to the uh, the dinner, right? The fundraiser? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Batman is, like, getting behind Harvey Dent. He sees Harvey Dent as a way for him to live a normal life. He thinks Harvey is, like, this white knight that's going to save Gotham and that Batman can retire and he can be with Rachel and a whole bunch of pie-in-the-sky fantasies, apparently. Yeah. Um, he, he's still under the illusion that government can solve problems and that Harvey Dent is this fantastic human being mm. that can do no wrong. So he's having this fundraiser with a bunch of his pals, and, of course, he's the upper crust of the upper crust, and he only hangs out with billionaires but will give all this campaign money to Dent mm. so that he'll never have to worry ever about any kind of re-election campaign, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the Joker crashes it, and he's looking for Dent. And um, Batman, I think it's kind of funny, you know, he, he snakes out of the, of the party, and he goes and hides in his little safe room. Mm-hmm. And there's two people that are, like, necking oh, and whatever. God. And they're like, yeah, oh, thank yeah. Thank God you have a panic room. And he just yeah, it. thank God you have a panic room. And he's just like, screw you. <laughs> he just leaves them out there. And they're like, what the fuck? Um, but, yeah, so the, the Joker crashes it, and he can't find Dent. So he finds Rachel instead. And we get one of the Joker origin story of his scars. And then, yeah, he threatens her. And the scene, it's one of those funny, like, Hollywood scenes where the scene just ends and it shouldn't, you know, you got, you got all these rich people at this party. Every single one of them's got a cell phone. You know, this, the Joker just pops up immediately. How many texts or phone calls, secret little snowy phone calls are going out. The Joker is here at this location. So Hmm. Batman grabs Rachel and Joker throws her out the window and Batman jumps down and is able to save her for some reason, even though he doesn't really slow their fall onto this car, but whatever. Hmm. And then he just doesn't Um, go back up to, yeah yeah he doesn't go back up um no cops show up and then the joker just escapes somehow just leaves and everybody's just like oh i guess that happened (laughs) that would never happen in real life but okay i mean in the movie it happens and then we just move on to the next scene yeah now is there a short scene in here where that uh accountant from the first deal with lao has rechecked the numbers and and realizes that um Fox has been doing this secret R&D stuff for Batman, and he's threatening to reveal who Batman is, and he does the blackmail thing? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's about that time. Okay, and he's, like, all smug about it, like, oh, I've got you figured out. And he's, like, that smug liberal type. Yeah. uh, You know, when I saw it, I was like, well, he he is offering a service, and like Walter Block says in Defending the Undefendable, you know, the blackmailer is is offering something, and you can buy it or not, you know. Um, But uh, Freeman's retort is great. Like, so you're telling me that you think that this guy is going around at night uh, beating up the all the criminals person, in the world? The richest businessman in Gotham City is dressing up and beating up criminals with his bare hands. <laughs> He's like, your secret right. plan is to blackmail them? And what did you say? Good luck. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, you think he's going to be move. blackmailed? <laughs> yeah. And then Bruce even, like, uh, saves that guy later on when the Joker mm. puts a hit out on him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. All right, so uh, um, then there's a scene where uh, the Joker and the Batman, where they're talking about the Joker says that uh, Batman's got rules and the Joker's got no rules. That's that's why the Joker can win. Uh, what scene is this? Uh, it's just a note in here, and I don't recall exactly where it, where it fits in. So I can Isn't it the interrogation scene where, where Batman goes through the uh, disco place? 
And he throws Maroney off the building. Could be. That definitely happened. I don't remember exactly what, when that scene was, what, what that was said. The next thing I have is some men just want to watch the world burn when they're talking down in the bat cave. And um, Alfred is talking about, you know, the Joker and what he had to deal with to find this guy who didn't care about money and whatnot. And it sure. goes into this whole major theme of Joker being an agent of chaos and a messenger. And George Soros. <laughs> being a, <laughs> being a, saying that, um, you know, living by your rules or living by rules is, is pointless and stupid. That's basically mm. what his argument is. And we'll get into that later. I definitely have a bunch to say about what is, is Joker really an anarchist or what is going on there? But um, Maybe Joker is in a chaotic anarchist. You know, the type of anarchy that says no rules and nothing. Just do whatever you want, kill whoever you want, steal people's property, nothing. Yeah, under that, I would put him as a nihilist, where, mm. which is, you know, just because there is a thing doesn't mean there ought to be a thing. So mm. you can't have, yeah, just because people are just, yeah, all rules are or people trying to control their little worlds and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And that's very much what the Joker is trying to say. He's trying to say that the only real way to live is without rules because that's just you trying to control things. And you can't control things, so why even try and why bother? Mm. And what, what was the next thing after this? I just have uh, my got, Yeah. I just thought Dent claims to be Batman. Oh yeah, the the. Yeah, but I think there was a wasn't there there was a um the the part where Gordon faces his death where they try to kill the man. I think that came before this. Yeah, the next thing I have is the fingerprints from the shattered bullet. Oh yeah. I don't know if that's is that before or after that whole. Uh, I uh, think that's I think that's before it. Yeah, that that was for me. That was really dumb. (laughs) There's no way you could take these little take an imprint of the, the the bullet and then put all these different pieces together as if those, those fingerprints wouldn't have been annihilated once uh, the, in the heat and the dust and the smoke and the friction from the bullet entering the wall, but whatever. But that, it's, that, it's just innovation. It's the technology that <laughs> can create. That's right. With all his money and his amazing abilities, he's able to uh, create fingerprints where they didn't exist. Now, there is some technology that comes into play a little bit later that is pretty, uh, pretty menacing and uh, actually exists. And yeah. when this movie was made, it was probably not thought of as, as actually happening. I mean, unless you were mm. listening to Alex Jones at the time. Yeah, only until 2013 after Snowden. Right, yep. Um, the next thing I have, and doesn't matter whoever has what, I don't care, but um, uh, there's somebody is saying that, I forget who it is, maybe it's the mayor, maybe it's Bruce Wayne, but he's talking to Harvey Dent, and he's like, your stand against organized crime is the first ray of hope in this city or whatever. And he's not talking about, you know, the biggest organized crime, which is government. Mm-hmm. He's just talking about the mafia. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, it would have been nice if he was actually talking about the real organized crime. Yeah. Right. And this was uh, right after that. Wasn't Harvey flipping a coin to decide whether he was going to shoot somebody? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. The mentally ill person. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah I thought that happened. That, that happens right after the, um, the mayor assassination attempt. Right. Where supposedly Gordon gets killed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Harvey steals the the ambulance and and is going to shoot this guy. And then Batman steps in and and is like, "Hey, if, if you were the that's right, you were the 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 first legitimate ray of light uh, the city's seen in decades. But if anyone had known or seen what you just did or what you were about to do, it would be all uh, come undone." But what was the thing was that yeah, he actually he had a did do it. He had a uh, double-headed coin, and he told the guy, heads you live, 
compelled you die. Oh, right. So he knew. Okay. Right. Yeah, he, he so, wasn't going to. So he wasn't going to, and Dent knew he wasn't going to, but the guy didn't know. So he fe- genuinely feared for his life. Right, and Batman seeing it didn't know either. And he, so any third party seeing this would have their uh, image of Dent shattered. And something about the Batman saying that the whole thing about uh, Dent being the ray of hope, mm-hmm. like it's to the point that sometimes, like in a scenario, you would have to go towards some sort of government thing in the right step to anarchy. Like if there's keeping things the way they are right now versus going full communism, obviously you'd rather keep things the way they are right now, if that makes sense. Full communism meaning with the government, right? Like yeah. not like, yeah. Yeah, like, like Stalinism. Oh, I'd rather much lever. Yeah, there's a reason why I live here in the United States as opposed to, yeah. North Korea. Uh, Venezuela or North Korea, for sure, yeah. Oof, yeah. Why don't all the lefties go there then? Is it because <laughs> they're not real communism or? <laughs> I know, right? Whenever they say yeah. go to Somalia, I'm like, go to Venezuela. Wasn't Somalia a former communist country anyway? I don't Sounds know about right. Probably. Huh? Most of them are, but... Tin pot, tin pot dictators propped up by government foreign policy. Yeah. All right, who's got something else? All right, and then right after that, it's the um, the scene where where Harvey Dent claims that he's Batman, where he tricks the government and the media to get the Joker's attention. Right, and, and yeah, he's, the, he's yeah. the action scene, right? With um, yeah, the, the, the whole scene where the, the Joker would have annihilated the entire SWAT team if it wasn't for Batman. Yeah, that was weird. Like. Batman just happens to drive in front of the one missile that was going to actually hit mm. the SWAT team car, but all the other ones didn't and just blew up regular cars or regular police cars. But whatever, yeah. who cares? Movie uh, man. Yeah, 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 exactly. Batman just is psychic that way. All right. Hey, hey guys, before we continue on, um, I feel like I'm dragging a little bit at this point, uh, and we've got a lot more movie to do. What would you guys think about making this a two-parter, and maybe we can pick this up again in a maybe even tomorrow or in a couple of days, and uh, have it spread out over over two episodes? I'm fine. I wouldn't that. mind. That'd be pretty good. Cool. Because I almost feel like I want to rewatch part of this because I'm, I'm yeah, getting I... a little fuzzy at this point. It's like, wait, did this happen then or later? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a long movie for sure. Uh, there's too much to analyze. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, why don't we just do some wind into uh, let's let's wind this one down and then we'll talk about how we're going to come back and do another one um, as a part two. So this we've already been going like two hours, I think, or an hour and a half at least. Yeah. All right. You want to go any yeah, further with this before we wrap up or do you want to just leave it where it is right now? Well, I'd like to, to do a, a wrap uh, at the end here. So um, and I, I could just splice something in like we could just start winding it down right now and I'll, I'll back up um, the recording so we can start talking about Harvey Dent stepping in as Batman. Um, that can be our open for the next one. All right. Okay. So let's do that. So um, let's come up with something here. <laughs> do it, Daniel. Come up with something. All right, guys. So we're about halfway through this movie and it's already been uh, going quite a long time here. So I'm suggesting that we should do this as a two-parter at this point. So when we come back and, uh, and do this for the next episode, we can pick up where Harvey Dent is doing the press conference. How's that sound to you guys? Que bueno. Mota bene. Pretty good. All right. Well, hey, guys, thanks for joining us for this episode. This is The Dark Knight Part 1. It's going to be actualanarchy.com slash 28. Our guest, Shaheen, is going to come back and do Part 2 with us. 
if you uh, want to check out more of his stuff, we're going to post his Twitter handle down in the show notes page here so that you can um, chat with him if you'd like. He's been a really great guest so far. He's already, you're welcome. And he's already suggested that he would come back and do uh, yet another movie on top of coming back to finish this one with us. So uh, we're not going to do our um, overall uh, review of this just yet. We're going to do it at the end of the next episode. So I just want to say thank you guys very much for coming on. And if you have any parting thoughts you want to mention, uh, feel free to get to the audience and then we will say good night. All right. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Likewise. I, I figured this one might go a little bit long. It's a, it's a long movie. There's a lot of things to cover, a lot of in-depth philosophy to get into and the morality mm-hmm. of it all. It's all murky and messy. And so, yeah, come on back for the next half. It should be a good one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the next one is going to be where we get into all those uh, philosophy questions because I I feel like there's so much to talk about there and I'm just dragging already at this point. So I think it'll be good to come back. So thank you guys very much. Uh, We have been the Actual Anarchy Podcast. Check us out at actualanarchy.com and readrothbard.com. Click on any of the Amazon links to help support our site. Uh, We've also got the Tom Woods Liberty Classroom links. I've started doing a daily um, history type thing of uh, events over the course of time and and, uh, famous people who have uh, when they've been born and when they've died. So that's a new thing I've been adding to the website. Uh, so that's at actualanarchy.com. And thanks again for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Kapow! Take care. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. Chipmunks. C H I P M U N K. We're the chipmunks. Guaranteed to brighten your day. Do 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 do